A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of The DNA Airwaves. Each episode of The DNA Airwaves is recorded, mixed, produced, and all that good stuff right here at the MPL in Toronto. Now, the MPL is a collection of film and audio studios designed to make everything visually look amazing and everything audio sound brilliant. Check them out online at the-mpl, that's maple without the vowels, dot com to learn more. This podcast is also brought to you by The DNA Project, your one-stop shop for all of your live entertainment needs. Please check them out before your next live event online at thednaproject.ca. On today's episode, we connect with the internationally renowned artist Pavlo. Born in Toronto to Greek parents, Pavlo has made a name for himself by offering a musical amalgam he simply calls Mediterranean music, which is a blend of Greek, flamenco, Latin, and even Balkan flavors wrapped up in contemporary pop. His music has taken him all over the world, and along the way he's performed for royalty in the likes of Prince Charles, and he's worked or toured with artists such as John Cicada, Olivia Newton-John, and the tenors. In this conversation, Pavel shares with us his early beginnings in Toronto's Greek community, the secret to his success, and how he's been able to have the courage to do what he loves and the drive to do it well. Really great conversation with a cool cat. We hope you guys enjoy it. This is the DNA Airwaves. Hey, how's everyone doing today? Pretty good. Excellent. Pretty good. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Today we're joined podcasts. by international sensation Pavlo. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm good. I, I I don't know about international sensation. <laughs> I know about it. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm recovering from uh, the craziest project I've ever done in my life. But oh, we're gonna I have feel to hear good. About that. I feel good. We yeah. definitely want to hear a little bit more about that. Well, in due time, yeah. in due time. Baby yeah, let's get yeah. to it. So international, you were born and raised in Toronto. I wasn't calling you international, by the way. I was just yeah. following up to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was born and raised in Toronto on the Danforth, the, the Greek crazy. village of the Danforth. Uh-huh. Yeah, nice. yeah. That is crazy. And I, I asked that to clarify because we joke around about you, about you being international, but you're really known as an international artist. And, uh, yeah. Well, I travel so, over the world if that's what that means, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a lot of touring life and things that we'll talk about too, but pretty yeah. cool stuff. I mean, how did, I don't want to say how did it start. Let's get to that story too, but how did, uh, how did you go from Toronto to where you, the point where you are, where you're like all over the world? That's the biggest question I've ever asked. So you might have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's like decades of of you know of points, but you know honestly, it's, it it comes down to one simple thing. I was ten years old when I picked up the guitar. Okay. Right. And I it was like an instant love affair. You know what I mean? And mm. I, and I mean that in the most sincere way. Like, you know, when you just become so obsessed with something that mm. nothing else matters in life, and that's yeah. where I was at the age of ten. I started playing. Wow. At the age of 12 was my first concert, you know, and, and, and so on. And I started to write songs at the age of 12. And I just kept going. I knew nothing about where I was heading. I had, you know, it was just, I was obsessed with this, with this thing in front of me. Just, yeah. So moving, you know, fast forwarding, yeah, there's been a million mountains to climb. And I loved every single one of them. I'm still climbing mountains, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And I just think when you're obsessed with something and you love it so sincerely and so genuinely to the absolute core, mm-hmm. you will find a way to, I mean, you're lucky because you're doing what you love and you will yep. find a way to make a living, however that means for every individual. 
and and the rest is history you know now the fact that i've been from here to south korea japan germany singapore mexico whatever yeah. uh, that's just all like i don't know i mean i just ended up there like right now i'm in greece yeah. you know <laughs> right 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 you know uh, but I mean, obviously, there's a many, many things in between. My lawsuit with R. Kelly and Jay Z, to you know, you know, si you know, uh, licensing dozens of songs to television shows, which I never ever thought I would do these things in my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, a guitar yeah. player, man. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? I think. Oh, wait, but man, it's all worked out. We can't just skip so over a lawsuit with R. Kelly and Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, or can we? Yeah. I think we got them hooked right now. You're a pro, man. You just what dropped is, all the talking what, points and just got everyone like... <laughs> well, wow. um, 20 years ago, I got into my car um, yeah. and mm -hmm. I turned on the radio and there was a song called Fiesta. Hey. It was R. Kelly and Jay-Z. Jay yeah, yeah. Well, that, all, all that's my guitar work. So obviously, they, oh. you know, they, they sampled my stuff without Whoa. my permission. Make a... Wow. Make a long story short, like, uh, I mm -hmm. sued them, sold out of court, and I own 25% of the publishing. So um, I'm going to play that I mean, tonight. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a two and a that's half amazing. year situation, but in the end, I ended up uh, selling out of court. And again, you know, again, even that was, again, like, it's crazy. I'm kind of crazy in one sense in that I just go for stuff. I never really, right. like, I never ever thought I'd win. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I thought was, you know what? I'm gonna let those guys know I exist. I don't know how they right. got. I mean, I do know how they got my music now, but at the time, yeah. I didn't. Re I didn't know how they got my music. How they even knew who yeah. I was. Um, but I just thought this little guy from Toronto is gonna cause a bit of a ruckus. You know, no matter well, what wow. happens, I want them to know that I exist in this world. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and I ended up it's winning. Yeah. yeah. And, and I ended up winning. I didn't. I didn't yeah, expect yeah. to win. I just. You know, right. Just wanted to cause cause some commotion. You know. And you did what was that, that feeling sure. like, though, when you heard the song and you're like, hold up, that I know this song and that's my like, was yeah. there a mixed emotion? Because, I mean, it would be cool to hear someone using your music. But at the same time, what the hell? They didn't tell me and I'm not getting compensated. So was it you're was it similar to that? Dead on the money. At first, okay. yeah. I was excited yeah. and I was like, how do I say it? I was flattered. Yeah. yeah for I'm like, sure. Oh, my God, this is my guitar playing. With, yeah. the, with the tune I actually kind of liked, you know what I mean? And yeah, just yeah, the whole yeah. groove of it. <laughs> and then my that was my first emotion, flattered awesome. That's my guitar sure. playing. Yeah, then my yeah. second motion was, what the hell, man? Wait a <laughs> what are you guys doing? You know, like no they kidding. took it without my permission, right? So, um, yeah, it was mixed emotions. And it's all good, you know, like it is what it is. Everyone's just trying to do their thing, trying to make yep. music. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a writer at my core of everything that I do. I produce my own albums too. I mean, I also okay. now produce mm -hmm. my own TV shows, but I produce nice. everything that I do because no one ever gave me a chance in the beginning. Like it's a typical thing. You know, I went and I um, shopped to all the record labels. Everybody turned me down. So what did I do? I made yeah. my own label. I mean, I had no choice. Right. You know, yeah. just like, you know, like I, you know, I went to PBS. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. So, but so I mean, so just like if you fast forward to more recent times. You know, yeah. I, I just filmed my fourth PBS concert special uh, for American awesome television. And again, yeah. it's the same idea. I would approach these guys way back when and nobody gave me a chance. So I just got the money. I produced my own TV show. You know what I mean? Not wow. without yeah, yeah. any mm. commitment that anybody would even play it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I just the kind of, this just the way I, I do. And I know somehow it always works out anyway. Mm. That's beautiful. beautiful. What made you want to go down that path of uh, producing TV shows? Well, I play a very unique style of music, so uh -huh. I knew that radio, like traditional radio, um, wasn't going to play my music. But okay. I knew that people liked it, right? Like I, I, had, I had two gold records by the end of the '90s, so yeah. I was selling tons of albums, but in weird yeah. ways, like going, right. like, um, like in Toronto, I'd go and play jazz festivals and yep. mm. like the Beaches Jazz Festival, which I think is still right. going on there. And, yeah. Um, or like I go on craft shows, but I would sell thousands of right. CDs like in a weekend, you know? Yeah. So I knew yeah, that there was a demand of. for what I was doing. Yeah, it was, you know, and I didn't really think about it at the time. I was just happy to make enough money to keep going. I mean, that's all yeah, I was yeah. thinking of, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I knew that there was an audience. It just wasn't, I couldn't approach it. I couldn't find them in a traditional sense, like going through typical radio. Now, CBC right. in Canada played a little bit. NPR in America played it a little bit, and that kind of helped. 
But then yep. I realized the only way I can really get to my audience is going through PBS, which is the oh. network in America. Because right. they yeah. kind of play this kind of music, whether it's sure. cross over tenors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay, they didn't really play my kind of Mediterranean stuff, but I thought I would kind of suit it. So in mm. 2008, I produced my first PBS special. Um, not knowing if they would commit to it, you know, and it did. Yeah. Oh, you just made it well. first, and then you hoped, and then you I pitched just, it to them. Just, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, and it did okay. It did okay, wow. but yeah. not great. But I realized the mistakes I had made, so I went and did another one, and again uh, paid for it um, with no commitment on their end. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a smash hit. 2015, it's it played. They aired it a thousand times. Ooh, well, um, nice. And then I went to Mexico, did another one with, uh, with the mm. symphony. And then finally, on my fourth special, they now have paid for the whole thing and I'm here doing nice. the show. Producing it as well. I, do, I, I always wow. have to produce it, uh, but they finally um, are helping me with the financing, which is kind of Amazing. rare, but uh, my previous shows have, have, has made them a lot of money, so it's worked out. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. And, and for me, guys, honestly, I, I just want to share my music. Like, the TV shows and all that, I, I don't consider myself a producer or any of that. I'm just doing whatever I have to do to share my music with the world. That's for it. Sure. That's why Love I do it. this for, you know. Nothing you else, kind of really. answered honestly. my question as it was coming up because it, yeah. it, it's uh, an interesting demonstration on how the modern musician has to do so many things outside of playing, just playing music to yeah. have their music yeah. heard. So I'm curious about yeah. when you have to produce your own uh, specials and your own TV shows, do you have an experience yeah. with what happens when you don't produce, when you let somebody else produce? Or is it just something that you've yeah, always a, held on a, to? It's a, it's a disaster. I mean, right. I, I've always done everything myself. Anytime I sort of let go of some certain area, it usually becomes a disaster. And, and maybe mm. it's because I'm a bit of a control freak. Like, I'll give you an example. Mm. Like, I went to such great detail for this last one, because the last one I just did. I literally just record, filmed it two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I went to great detail to get these candles that I wanted on the cocktail tables in the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone yeah. thought it was nuts. Like, I, it took me three days to find them. And the reason why okay. is because there's a song that I have called Santorini Sunrise. And I just thought that while I played that song, as because I did it during the sunset, I yep. just wanted that kind of feel of, you know, as the sun started to go down, the candles on the tables would provide this beautiful light for my drone shots, mm -hmm. right? Right, But right. it had to be a certain kind of candle because it's very, very windy. It was on top of a cliff overlooking the right. Mediterranean. So well, the glass beautiful. had to be of a certain thing with a little bit of a lid. Anyway, I'm just that nuts. That I, I, and so I'm the one that made the deal with those candles. If I let it go to anybody else, I don't think they would have got the ones that I wanted. And I don't know if that's right. good or bad. I'm just saying <laughs> that's just the way I think, you know? For Not sure. because I love making deals. I, I can, I, I, you know, there's many more things I'd rather do than trying to find the right candle. But yeah, I course. do it because <laughs> I write. I do it because I think it'll complement the song that I wrote. Right, that's you're creating how, an experience. That's how. I, yeah, that's situation. it. That's how I justify everything, man. I write everything that I play. Of course, I do a couple of covers, but mm -hmm. I'll do anything to get my music out there and present it in a way that I feel I want it to be presented. You know, that kind of. Thing. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I love for it for sure. I mean, yeah, I've heard the yeah. quote, your level of, your attention to detail determines your level of greatness. And I, I firmly believe that. And you, you're you a walking testimony of that uh, way of Unless thinking. Unless you're in so punk. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> luckily we're not. Yeah. Yeah. You, mentioned your, you mentioned your show and I had a couple, uh, well, some things that I observed in watching your show. Over the last uh, few years, I've seen some of your, your videos and some of the shows and things online. And one thing that's really stood out to me that not everybody could pull off, in fact, most people probably can't, is the fact that your shows are primarily or maybe fully instrumental. Yeah. Um, and But still, you're selling out in record numbers. You have people mm -hmm. sitting through because you're not just sitting there playing the instrument. Even when yeah. it's a four-piece band, I've noticed you're giving like a full experience. It's not just someone yeah. staring at you. Like, you're, like you mentioned, the detail is, is huge, but... Yeah. How does how do you how have you maintained that? Just to, and been able to do like fully instrumental shows and like engage yeah, that's, people that's on that level. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, so when I first started, I, I was managed by a pretty well-known manager uh, back in Toronto, and you know he 
initially, we initially signed a management deal and it was all instrumental. And then he's yep. like, okay, for the next album, you should sing. I'm like, mm. I'm like, well, I don't sing. You know, I mean, I've sang a few songs over my career, but I'm like, I yeah. don't sing. I play, I sing yeah. through my guitar. That's right, how right, I right. express myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even with the guitar, that's really what it is. Like for me, the guitar is a tool of engagement. I, mm -hmm. I love communicating with people, you know? So guitar happens to be the thing. And yeah. I always used to get angry when people say, oh, you gotta sing if you wanna get to a bigger audience. Well, I've sold a million records. I mean, not that that's hey. a lot, cause you know, the Backstreet Boys have sold what 50, is? whatever. But, yeah, but yeah, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that I don't even look at it like that. Like, this is how I communicate, man. And, and if, you know, if I've only sold 5,000 in my career, I would be happy with that if right. I did it my way, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, there's, I, I don't know. It's, it's a great question. I, I, in terms of performance-wise, um, I grew up in a Greek family. We're very sort of boisterous. And we, you know, like when we say that we dance on tables, like we do. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. We have fun. Yeah. We break plates. We eat and drink all night. And that's yeah. kind of my, my performance style. Like even if there's only four of us, I usually yeah. jump out to the audience and dance with people. I bring people on stages. My concerts are very engaging. And uh, I think, and that's not because I planned, I, that's just how I perform, right? I yeah. think that's helped me in the long run because um, I started to become known as a concert act. So aside from being a writer, I started to become recognized as a concert act. You know, and that, I mean, you know, I, I, I count my blessings every day. And these days I have tenors that join me from around the world. I have dancers, yeah. I have violinists, I have all yeah. kinds of people that join me in concert, you know, but yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about um, Greek culture for a second. Let's just take a step back. Greek culture being uh the cornerstone of western civilization in 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 many ways and um can we talk a bit about uh the the greek community in toronto and uh mm -hmm. your thoughts on uh, how it's represented for example a movie that i thought was very quaint my big fat greek wedding which takes place in toronto i don't know if they say in the movie that it takes place in toronto but it clearly takes place in well, toronto what, what did you it, think yeah. about about that and and generally what's that community like in toronto Um, it's awesome. I mean, you know, like uh, Nia, Nia Vardalos, the, the actress that wrote it mm -hmm. and started. I mean, she, you know, she grew up in Winnipeg, which is an even yeah. smaller Greek community, right? right? Yeah, But yeah. she recorded it in Chicago and Toronto. Um, her perspective was accurate in the sense that, you know, it is very family oriented, you know, the culture. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like there's, there's, only, there's only 10 million Greeks in Greece and 10 million Greeks outside of, there's 20 million Greeks mm. in the world. But right. yet in the smallest town of Northern Ontario, there'll always be a Greek restaurant there. You know, like yeah. they yeah. just make <laughs> themselves known in the community and usually through the restaurants, right? Um, yep. It's just, it, you know, it really is a, a, a festive, you know, family type of, you know, culture in general, you know? And yeah. I was really lucky like that growing up in, a, in, a, in, in um, that kind of family. Uh, My, you know, I, I guess in, for me, one of the one of the pinnacles in growing up was my father. Even though my dad was a Greek immigrant, you yeah. know, um, um, he loved Western music. So my mom would play Greek music, okay. which is what influenced a lot of mm -hmm. what I do. But yeah. my dad loved like Billy Joel and Neil Young and yeah. I don't know Julio Iglesias and you know uh, Elton uh -huh. John. I mean, he, he loved all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. I grew up in a typical Greek family, but with a real music like loving dad that opened everything up to me. You know, absolutely. Nice. Um, is it, it? I just recently started learning about philosophers and Socrates and and the origin of democracy and all that, and I'm wondering. Uh, for for my culture, we talk about all the the uh, important historic figures in that culture. In the, in a Greek home, is there a lot of talk about the original philosophers and their specific opinions? Is that is that something that is passed um, on directly? You're getting heavy here, man. You're getting heavy. I'm just curious, um, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what? No, honestly, I, I guess in certain families, I'm not not so much in mine. Honestly, we were a very music. I grew up in a very music-driven home, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, like, my father, we'd go and see concerts. My, I'd go and see concerts like Paco de Lucia and Jose Feliciano and with my father. We were, it was all about music, you know? I think that's what really uh, influenced me even before I knew it. Like, my dad loved flamenco guitar. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So he grew up in a very different time. So I think my dad did and still kind of lives vicariously through me because I picked up the guitar and, you know, and went on with it. You You even had it on when we started this conversation. It was just on your lap. Is that a common thing? You just sit around with the guitar there? Yeah, pretty well. I kind of feel naked without you. I'm going to put it back on. Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Do you just like watch TV and, and play? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, it's like I, I, I feel naked and I feel useless without it. And quite honestly, oh, wow. I am pretty useless without it. Can't do anything else. <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe you could drop us the line from uh, Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's so funny. <laughs> There so it it's is. a motif, yeah. <laughs> Fiesta was the, not Fantasia, Anthony. No, his song is Fantasia. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They took yeah, it from, yeah, yeah. from uh, That's what they took it from. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. Did they add uh, oh, featuring Pablo to the credits or no? No, actually, that was the deal. They said that they wouldn't uh, do that, uh, which was totally cool with me. Yeah, yeah that's totally yeah. cool with me. I, I, to be honest with you, I really enjoyed the funds because at that time <laughs> I was broke. So, so You're like, whatever really, you guys want, really, that's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it really helped out. Believe me, it helped that out is, big time. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and that's what a typical it, thing with me. Like, like I, I took all that money and yeah. I started to develop other, like you're saying, how do I get around the world? I mean, I just thought about it. That's one of them. I took yeah, all yeah. that money. I did not buy a house. I did yeah. not buy any cars. I allocated funds to Germany, Japan, <laughs> South Korea, England. And yeah, I yeah. went in and I lost money for years in those countries until I could make money. That's how I did wow. it. I used those funds to do that. Yeah. Wow. What about your it's friends impressive. around you? Um, did, did they ever go like, what are you doing? Put, put some money aside. Or, or, or was everybody supportive? No, your, it's my dad. Media? My dad's like... My dad right. says, like, if there's a way for you to spend money on your career and not keep it as a profit, you'll find it. I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, like, every penny that I make on it, like, I don't even own mm-hmm. a car. I don't, like, every money that I make goes back into what I do. Wow. You know, that's right. it. Like, I, you know, I haven't been home. I, I live in Tampa, Florida. I haven't been home in four months, you know. Damn. Um, Wow. Like I, I just a home doesn't mean like I'm here. My wife is here. My wife homeschools my daughter. We travel together. My home is wherever my family is. Right. It's like right, right now yeah. we're in a, we're in a hotel in Northern Greece. This is my home. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. I'm not tie, tied to that traditional. You got to own this house. I mean I have a right. house. I'm never there. Yeah. But <laughs> I put money into what I do. Like I've I'm already setting up my next fifth PBS concert special. Like it's already in my brain. You know, well, which is crazy because yeah, I'm still awesome. finishing this one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you like doing the most? Is it producing, writing? I know you don't sing or playing your guitar. Like yeah. if you had to, if I had a gun to your head and was like, you can only do yeah. one for the rest of yeah. your life, which one would you pick? Producing, writing, or playing the guitar? It's it's writing, writing music. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's not the oh, yeah. Like every, everything that I do, man, everything. Like my guitar playing, producing my albums, producing my concert specials. It's all because I'm trying to share my music to the world. Got it's it. writing yeah. music. It's the most important thing in the in the world to me, you know. Wow. That makes sense. Well, yeah. when did you start writing? Because I know you were playing at 10. When did you start writing music? 12, 12 years old. That was the first time wow. I wrote a song. Okay. Damn, okay. Yeah. Was it good? I mean, it was you... terrible. No, it was terrible. Okay. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's so funny because you're right. I'm writing this song at the age of 12, which is really young, right? Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why am I doing it? It's because I, it's like, it's my form of communication. Like, it's like I have to get mm. it out. But the thing about mm. writing that a lot of people don't understand, it's like playing an instrument. Like, you gotta work at it. You know what I mean? You right. write a song, yeah, the, the first 100 songs are terrible, and then they start right. kind of getting better. It's the same okay. with playing guitar. You can't really play until a couple of years into it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's that kind yeah, of yeah. commitment that you need, right? And, and that's why mm. I, I, you know, writing is, is very, very important to me. Yeah. Do you uh, go out of your way to write every like day or is there a discipline to it or is it just when you feel it, do it and when you don't, don't? That, that's exactly it. There's many different types of writers. Uh, Absolutely, I yep. admire, like I admire the ones and I know many of them that go in day out, day in, day out and they all write for eight hours. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, can, I, I can't do that. I mean, I wish well, I could, I can't. Yeah. I honestly, I write all the time, anywhere, any place and... So, I mean, every idea is, is right here. So, yeah. 
Yeah. What I do so that I'm not forced to write a song in a minute, whenever an idea comes through a creative melody, a progression, whatever, I just record it, you know, yep. and I yep. store it away. Absolutely. When it's time to make an album, I'll go back, like I just did them right now, I just, yeah. yeah, go back and I'll have like 95 ideas and yeah, two or yeah. three might be, they, they might be like four years apart, but I combine <laughs> them and you know, yeah. and I make the song and I make songs out of them. But the most important thing is the original inspiration mm. was genuine and organic. I didn't have to come yeah. up with it. It came through right. whatever, you know. That's Absolutely. my style, but everyone's No, it everyone's makes got perfect sense to me. Yeah, makes great. perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. What you touched on with the first song and the first hundred songs not being all that great is something that I've noticed is the mark of someone who does have talent because the people that are starting something new often, especially children, but not only, often expect it to be amazing because they don't understand the amount of work that goes into it. And if you're starting something new and it doesn't sound good to you, that's an indicator that you actually have good taste. Because if you didn't have yeah. good taste, you'd think this is amazing. Um, do you have moments when you're writing music, at, you know, after becoming a professional, let's say, um, where you think this is not a good song, and which I'm sure happens, do you scrap mm -hmm. those songs? Do you put them away for later? Or do you go, no, I'm going to make this work, and you drill into it mm. until oil comes right. out? Mm. Yeah, no, I wouldn't drill into it. Like, so my, my, I always, I always when, I, when I sit down to write the tunes, I'm taking mm -hmm. ideas and melodies that originally came out of the ether, right? So mm -hmm. there's a reason yep. why I wrote, I, 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 I document because I like them. But yeah. a lot of the times mm -hmm. I'll try to put them into a song and sometimes they're not jiving. So you yeah. know, I may take three melodies, but the two are working for this tune and the third one is not, I'll, I will put that mm. aside and work yeah, with the yeah. ones that are working. But do I know I'll find down? something for the other one. Or do you most, just no, mostly just no, no. Mostly I just I just like sing them. Like that's yeah. something most that we see a my... lot of artists saying that we've talked yeah. to is they just record their voices. And I wonder, was did yeah. people just have? Did you have a cassette recorder before, or did you have a different style it, before smartphones? No, no. It used to be those those little cassette recorders, man. Voice, it was yeah. awkward carrying those damn things in your pocket. No? Yeah. And you have to yeah, have yeah. like a notebook yeah, like, full of little cassettes. <laughs> to those that I don't have, know, yeah, they used to be little tiny inch inch size cassettes in these oh, little yeah. recorders that ran out of batteries very quickly. People used to take them yeah. uh, into lectures and stuff. And then you have to rewind. You can't label each idea <laughs> as a file. You just have to keep playing through what might be awkward to listen to of your own voice going, nah, 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 yeah. uh, and they're like, is that the cassette or no? Yeah. <laughs> then you forget it in the car in the middle of the summer and the tape yeah. melts and you're really oh, man. Oh. Yeah, that's so what it used like a, to be. So. Did it feel like a major upgrade with smartphones? Did you feel like, wow, I'm superpowered now? This, this alone changed my life. Are you kidding oh me? It's just God. so He's easy. His Boom, say the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, it was just the most incredible advancement in history for me. <laughs> I have to carry cassette tapes with me. <laughs> That's inspiring because I think a lot of people have this. I know I personally, sometimes I, I have a good musical idea and I'm like, I'll, I'll remember that because I'm yeah. too shy to sing yeah. it to myself and then listen back and go, <laughs> what does that even mean? But it's yeah, if you yeah. just get past that and you record all your ideas, worst case, you can just delete them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Safe place. Yeah. And, and I'll record them anywhere. I mean, I could be in an airplane. I could be on a ship. I mean, I could be in a cafe. I don't care. I'm, I'm belting yeah, that yeah. sucker out. So so sometimes you're it. just on a plane next to some lady trying to sleep when you're like, <laughs> into your phone. That's cool. I All like the that. time. Maybe not that musical All the style, time. but yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Can you talk to us a little bit about overcoming opposition? And I ask this because I know, um, especially earlier on in your career, given that yeah. you were playing a style of music that you mentioned wasn't being accepted by radio and things like that, mm -hmm. I'm sure that yeah. you heard a lot of no's on a lot of doors that you knocked on. How did you yeah. overcome that? And I just want you to give some words to people who are, might be going through similar experiences musically now. Yeah, you know, I just think that you've always got to be true to yourself, you know? And I know it's like, it's so easy to say it, but. Like in the beginning, you know, in the 90s, they would say, okay, you're a great guitar player. Be more like the Gypsy Kings because the Gypsy Kings uh, are popular now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yeah. but, but I'm like, I'm not. I'm like this Greek kid that was born in Toronto that has a sort of Western feel, but a, a cultural, mm -hmm. like I was just playing what I came natural to me, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. my best advice is the honesty. If you play the music that you love, and believe me, like you know, back then playing Mediterranean style guitar was not a thing. It wasn't like right. it wasn't you know. Not in nobody the West. was. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're true to yourself and you truly play the music that you love and you truly go after it and work as hard as possible, you will achieve success. There's no question about it. Hmm. Now, Huge. it depends what you expect. Like, are you expecting to play in front of millions? Is that what success right. means to you? Right, For right, me, right. success means I get up and I do what I love every day. Exactly. That's it. That to me yep. is the most, I, I feel very successful, you know, because right. I've never worked in my life, never. Yeah. I just played guitar. <laughs> even when you're producing. <laughs> Come again? That doesn't get tedious. Even when you're producing, that doesn't get tedious? Doesn't feel like work? When no, you're looking no, for candles produce- for three days? <laughs> yeah, but this is what I'm saying. I can get past all that because my justification mm. is I'm going to be able to show my song to the world the way I want That's it to be right. shown. Uh, That's yeah. how I get through That's all that huge. stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I made, I, you know, I had to go get cocktail tables and chairs, you know. I mean, it was nuts. It was nuts. But at the end, I'm just thinking, it's okay, it's, it's going to be worth it, it's going to be worth it, because when I get on stage and I play that song, that's exactly yep. the visual I'm going to get, you know. So Beautiful. that's how yeah, I get through awesome. all that. You know? Amazing. Yeah. Would you ever consider uh, delegating in the future? I know you have, like, uh, you were saying before, you feel like a little bit of a control freak and when things go wrong, yeah. but as this scales and gets bigger and bigger, do you ever feel that you yeah. might have to delegate some of that stuff to somebody? Um, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, what I did in Santorini is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. You know? uh, and for many reasons, like, you know, like I'm, I, you know, I come up with these ideas and then yeah. logistically, it's always a nightmare, you know? Right, Like, right. Santorini is an island in the middle of the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And... There's nothing there. So I had, like, I had a crew of 50 people, nine trucks. I had to ship people over. I had to fly them over because nothing is there. So everything had to come from the mainland. And then, you know, the concert, there's no concert venue there. So I turned the helipad where they land helicopters. I rented that and I turned it into a concert venue so that I can have the Mediterranean behind me on a cliff. Ah, So, you know, it's a great idea, but logistically it was a nightmare. And... I don't know if I could delegate that to somebody. Maybe I could. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it it was the most toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I'm glad that it's over. (laughs) But but I got I got exactly what I needed. I I honestly did. Like I am thrilled. I'm the first artist in history to bring a concert special from Santorini to anywhere in the world. I mean, it's going to go to America and Canada first, but no one's ever done it ever. And now I know why. And that was your first album too, right? Or the name. Uh, well, this is my 15th album. But no, my, sorry, my the name album, Santorini. Yeah. I was just saying that was the name of your first album too, right? No, my, well, my first album was uh, self-titled Pavlo. And I do oh, have right, a song right, right. on there. I have a song on there called Santorini Sunset. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. Sorry, I was just trying to, yes. the yes. connection there. Because years yeah, yeah, later, yeah. you were back there doing well, this big it, production. That's why it's full circle. Because gotcha. that, yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. point. In 1994, uh, I wrote Santorini Sunset. That was right, the first yeah. song I ever wrote in this style where my life kind of changed from there because I finally found my, my uh, road, you know? We were saying mm. about writing songs. That I, I think why I wasn't happy or comfortable with the first hundred songs or so is I was trying to find my way. I was writing all kinds of tunes, but I wasn't finding my voice, you know? Right, yeah. And finally, when I wrote Santorini Sunset, I realized combining flamenco, Spanish, Latin guitar with Greek, bouzouki, and, you know, mm. Latin percussion, I, I had finally found what felt natural to me you know and and then i just flew with i just i just you know yeah so when well if we're back to to the specifics of music and you've we've established that you like to uh oversee the entire process when it comes to the music itself if you're working with uh because guitar is your strongest instrument do you play anything else Mm -hmm. a little bit of everything but right terribly yeah. So so <laughs> okay. you're working with let's say there's a drum line and a bass line and all that. How much of the music itself do you go to the drummer? Okay, this is the tempo, this is the feel. Come up with something, or do you describe to them drum by drum what you want them to do? And the same with the flute yeah, I, and, and bouzouki and everything. Describe else. everything. Yeah, I describe, describe everything. everything. I mean, wow. yeah, like I mean, listen, like my my players are world class. You know, right? right? Like yep. so, for example, my percussion player Gino Maurizio, he's been with me for 21 mm. years. Um, so. I come up with all the melodies, whether the flute is playing it, whether the, the sitar is playing it, whether the violin is playing it, whatever. 
I come up with all the melodies. Now, obviously, if there's a section of eight bars and I tell them, you know, solo, they're going to solo and do yeah. their thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the composition is very, very uh, based on, on my vision, you know. With percussion mm -hmm. and drums and all that, yeah, of course, I, I do all tempos, all feels. But within that, a guy like Gino, who's world class, mm -hmm. will take what I do and just, like, make it in incredible, you know. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, I'm very specific on accents, shots, and... You know, I actually went over through some of your uh, podcasts. I'm friends with, like, Alex Cuba is a very good friend of mine. Nice. He was on one of my albums. Yeah, yeah. Probably uh, John Alex Bailey, Bailey too. Uh, uh, I haven't worked with John Bailey, but I know him, I know him for sure. Um, yeah, we look at the cool. list of artists you work with, and they're very close <laughs> yeah. to the list of artists that John yeah, worked with. Yeah, yeah. And you will have him on the podcast yeah, yeah. soon as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome. You know, I, I am looking forward to working with him down the road. Highly but, recommend I mean... Yes, yes, of course, of course. But like guys with Alex, I mean, I love Alex because he too has a very distinct mm -hmm. vision of what he does. And he did, True, from, yeah. I've known him for 20 years, more. Um, right. We used to do the festival circuit back in the day. And uh, I, I, I admire musicians, honestly, that just go for it, man. This is what they do. You yeah. know, you're expected to do that. Absolutely. But no, you do this, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. uh, and, and look, I mean, he's found massive success, you know, doing yeah. what oh, he yeah. does. Yeah, that's for sure. Love it. Yeah. Um, so you've done so much, and I'm almost afraid to ask because the dreams might be too big for us, but do you have some future dreams or things that you're planning um, of course. that you're working on that you can share with us? Yes, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a maniac. I mean, you're I'm, a dreamer. You know, I'm, I am a dreamer. I, I keep dreaming. I never stop dreaming. So I just did Santorini, which was the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Um, and it's done. We're now in the editing stage. So all mm. that is just work ahead of me. So creatively, I've already decided that the next one is going to be at the Acropolis, at the, the Acropolis mm. in Athens, right. which mm. is wow, yeah. the most let's storied go, theater go. in the world, two and a half Absolutely, thousand years yeah. old. Right. And, uh, I mean, I, I've played there twice as a guest, but okay. I've never played there on my own. So that's the next wow. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the next Love one. It. Oh man, that's we gotta get there. Fellas. You heard it here first. I just thought about it yesterday. <laughs> wow, that's huge. Oh wow, that's, that's brand new. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Wow. How do you what? get yeah. permits for something? Like, sorry, Tariki. How do you get permits for something yeah. like that? Do you just walk in and go like, "Hey guys, uh, I'm Greek. This thing's Greek. Can I <laughs> can I set up a stage here? Do you guys have power?" <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish it was that easy. Man. <laughs> They'll be like, you're a Greek, who are you? <laughs> it's like I said before, I always come up with the idea and then I worry about logistics later. Uh, mm. I'll, I'll figure it out. I, I will, I'll figure Love it out. It, yeah. you know, do I have to go to the prime minister or the, the minister of culture? Or what? I don't know. I'll figure right. it out. You know? And that's amazing yeah. advice because when you do have a wild idea... Just know yeah. that it is doable. It may be harder or right. easier than you think, but any wild idea that you have, there is, if you think about it, yeah, you talk to the prime minister or you talk to the uh, the organization, that culture, UNESCO yeah, yeah. or whoever, there's always a way to do it yeah. if you want to do it. Good point. There is. So there is. There's always, so if you have an idea, you can achieve it, but you got to work towards it. You know, That's so it. you got to work towards it. Yeah. Love it. It's impressive. Mm -hmm. Just drop uh, the mic moment right there. Yeah. The path that Go you've ahead, been Dean. able to carve for yourself. Um, do you, is there anybody that you would actually want to like uh, record or produce music with? Whew. I mean, where do I start? I, I love one, so many one living and one who passed away. One good, Jesus, yeah, good, good. Um, that's fair. Okay. One living, I would love to do something with Sting. I think that oh, would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It probably would be. Yeah. You know, because I just think his grasp of world music in general, uh, in general, is awesome. And mm -hmm. You're right. I love his voice. I love his style. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be amazing. Um, for sure. For sure. And wow. one that's one that's passed away. This is going to sound pretty nuts, but I, mm -hmm. I think we'd have a wild time together. And that would be Paganini. Paganini, the violinist. Ooh. I mean, he he's died like I don't know, three hundred years ago. But right. uh, I've read a lot read a lot of books about him growing up, and he was the first real performer. He had a thing about yeah, him. You know, he played the yeah, violin, flair. and apparently, a, 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 the devil's hand would come up and help him play yeah. all this kind of. I mean, they, they it was thought just he like was you know, a satanist. Exactly, which he wasn't. He was just an amazing player, you know. Yeah. And 
just blew people away, but they would make excuses. Why, how could he play so well? Well, of course, because yeah, right. he had a second hand. Yeah. I'd love to do a duet with him. That would be amazing. But I mean, there's stories the of him performing and a string broke and he kept on playing without missing a single note. And I think that's, that's where right. the stories of, oh, this guy made a deal with the devil came from. Yeah, that. They thought right. that it was wow. just that easy. You go to the devil's office and you sign some documents. <laughs> that's right. And now you have right. hours. But the, the fact is, um, the guy put in the work that he could actually do that, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually heard something interesting. I don't know how true it is, but let's find out. You love guitars, and I heard that you give guitars away. I don't know if that was for a certain amount of time, but on stage every show, I'm not. I didn't get the span of that. I guess you could break it down yeah. for us a little bit. Opa, so this is a Pablo Opa. guitar. Opa. <laughs> no, I, I just almost broke the window here. Uh, so this is a, this is crazy, crazy. Again, I, I think of ideas and and I put myself in trouble. Seven, eight years ago. Um, I had a hard time starting, right? Like, just I would never get a break from anybody. So yeah, I always yeah. say to myself, I, if I ever achieve even the smallest success in my own little humble, small little, tiny way, I would try to do something for people. So Beautiful. I call it the gift of music. So every guitar mm-hmm. that I play every night, the guitar that I play on stage, I give it to someone in the audience. I've been doing it for 70, I've given away over 1,500 guitars so far. Damn, okay. Um, and what it is is that I just I just think the world needs more music, man, in their life. And I think they need wow, instruments. Yeah. And I think that if someone wins a guitar out of nowhere, maybe they'll pick it up and start playing. Mm, or even if, yeah, you know, wow. even if it's a conversation piece around breakfast or friends, I just think it would bring good vibes and good energy to people. That's all. Yeah, I know it's a crazy, wow. like, you know, but... What's so the supply that, chain like on 1,500 uh, guitars? Quality guitars well, that you I mean, play, I, too. Yeah, so this is where I love... So there's a company in Canada called Godin. Out of oh, Montreal. that's a Godin. Godin. Wow, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, so they make the Pablo guitar. I'm the only artist uh-huh. in their company that they make these for. Wow, um, it's easy. all got, like, it's got the Greek keys, and it's, it's a very high-quality guitar, the one that yeah. I play every night. Yeah. Um, and they've just, we struck a deal where they make them for me at a great price. I, I just buy them all. I, I, I pay for them and I give them away. That's wow. All. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very. So that's Do they I offer them to the other music. artists? Do they offer them to other artists? Meaning what? what do you mean to other can artists? somebody buy a Pablo guitar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can get it off my website. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Would have been yeah, a lot cheaper to give away drumsticks, eh? Uh, wow. Well, that, that's a lot. Of, thank God I don't play piano. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You're somewhere in the middle oh, then. <laughs> but guitar, cut, guitar cut is blessings. easy. I can, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, yeah. And it's wow. worked. Honestly, I've been doing it for seven years. I actually have people coming back to me saying, hey, that's I've amazing. now been playing guitar for five years or whatever. Oh, wow. It was all because I wanted that wow. night in Minneapolis or whatever. You know, That makes me happy, man. And like, you know, Absolutely. It makes me feel like I've done something good in my life, you know? That's all. For sure. That's huge. That's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Absolutely. If um, you're clearly the kind of person that can do much more than just music, you have the organizational skills and the uh, negotiation skills, is there anything that you've been eyeing outside of music that you'd like to maybe do one day? Wow. Um, No, I never really... I, I, I can't even think of those terms. Yeah, Saw that coming. This is your world. <laughs> cool. I, honestly, I can't even think on those terms, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually trying right now to think, well, what would I do? I don't know. Make, I'd make, I, I like coffee. Maybe I'd make coffee or something. I don't know, maybe. Oh, where's the best coffee? Maybe coffee that you the best coffee off the stage. Oh, where do, we, where do we start? I love coffee. I mean, yeah, I, I love cortados, which is basically okay. a double shot of, uh, of espresso with equal amount of microfoam. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I search out coffee joints in every city, everywhere I go in the world. But if you Love do, coffee. you remember one where you're like, "Oh my God, this is probably one oh, of the so best." Oh, so many. I mean, yeah, I mean, in uh, in Phoenix, they have a beautiful little chain called Cartel. Uh, okay. They make amazing cortados. Um, mm. In uh, in Los Angeles, they have a great place called uh, uh, Commissary Coffee Commissary. Okay. Um, there's tons. There's tons. I mean, have you ever had Kopi Luwak? Which one? The the one that's made out of uh, cat poop. The really cat expen- poop. The, the most expensive coffee in the world. 
Coffee Luwak? No, 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 but I'd like to try it. Uh, yeah, yeah there's these tree, <laughs> there are these tree cats. They're not actually cats, but they're called tree cats. I forget yeah. where in the world, but they eat these coffee beans and their digestive system is basically non-functional. So they poop uh-huh. out full on coffee beans that are just a little um, acidified in their stomachs. And it's <laughs> something like $50 a cup. And it's considered the best and most expensive coffee in the world. So add that well, to your I'm, list if you're not scared of a bit of uh, cat poop. Well, a little zest doesn't hurt anybody. Little zest. That's the zest. <laughs> oh, we just lost a few here. Wow. That's hilarious. Do you need to go number one or zest? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is the best. Who, uh, who did you look up to growing up? Come again? Who did you look up to growing up? Where did you get some of this influence or just some of the man that you are? Where did that come from? Your dad, your family? Uh, yeah, yeah. My biggest influence is my father, man. I mean, okay. you know, my dad, um, geez, supported me right from the beginning. Eh? Like, Good. He's like what I loved about what I loved in, uh, about my father is he, he realized not necessarily that I had a talent. He realized mm-hmm. that I had an obsession with mm. the guitar. Right, and he would do anything. He he would buy any guitar that I needed, you know. It's I ended beautiful. up going to to study music at York, but for to, at those days to go to York University, you had to have a grade six piano level, no matter what instrument uh-huh. you played. So he'd uh-huh. buy me a stand up, an upright piano, just so that I can learn that. He would, you, you know, uh-huh. and back in the day, he'd buy me an eight track recording studio, quarter inch Fostex. He would get me anything that I needed to help me progress because he saw that I had an obsession, you know. That's uh, incredible. There you go. Awesome. What is that? Oh. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Quarter inch tape. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, when, back in the day in Toronto, when I couldn't afford a band, I would just play solo guitar. My dad would come right beside me and sell my CDs in the 90s wow. so that I wouldn't have yeah. to pay something. Like he would just do anything possible to help me succeed, you know? That and he's incredible. my biggest influence. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He gave me that confidence, you know, Absolutely. that you need as a kid, right? Like you need that confidence to say, hey, I can do this, you know, I can do this. I just got to work hard yeah. and I can make this happen, you know, and he helped me there for sure. But it's beautiful that he saw something and instead of trying to reshift your focus, he, you know, fueled that. Like, and I, I see that with parents yeah. a lot where they might see something and just because they might not like it, they kind of steer you in a different direction. And mm-hmm. he That's kind right. of really put you on a not a pedestal but kind of really helped propel you in the right direction i wish more parents when they saw that in their kid they really fueled the flame as opposed to fan it out or blow it out so that's that's really really awesome to hear yeah exactly it'll be like okay this is great as a hobby for example yeah yeah, but but go go to school to be a lawyer like he was never like that he was like this is what you love but he said to me like this is what you love that's cool but you gotta work hard. I mean, right. this is not like okay. you know. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're not gonna you know. Like you gotta work at this, and what that means is that you gotta do anything that you've got to do to better yourself. You know, like absolutely. You know, after you know, I went to York and I studied there for four years. But after York, I went to a school in Toronto called the Harris Institute for the Arts, uh-huh. and okay. that's where things really started to change for me because I started gotcha. to learn the music business, which I hadn't uh, known oh, okay. about that before that. Uh, and that's when, you know, I, I studied entertainment law there. I studied marketing. I studied publicity. Mm. That's when I started to put things together. And he would okay. pay for it. It's like, okay, you're done university. Okay, yeah, you can, you know, you're proficient to a certain level, but you don't know anything about the music business. So let's find right. something else, to, you know, to keep educating yourself, you know. So that's what I mean by, okay, you want to play an instrument. You want to make a living. You want to succeed. But you've got to be prepared to go to all lengths and all areas so that you can able to have a chance to succeed, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's and huge. that's yeah. that's really important advice that we've gotten from a lot of artists as well is it's it's not enough to just write good music. You really got to know a little bit more than just your music. You got to have an understanding of the business and how it works yeah. because you can get overwhelmed really quickly or go so down true. a path that you know, sets you up for destruction, you know? So that's that's yeah. really, really incredible to hear how supportive your father was yeah. because I think yeah. uh, that really obviously propelled you into, you know, becoming the success that you are today. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, God bless him. Well, thank you for talking with us. This was really inspirational. This is, oh, this is the kind of conversation we live for. Um, Absolutely. Would you like to tell the listeners where they could find you, your socials, your website, anything else you want them to know? 
Uh, yeah, you can just Google Pavlo, but that's with a V. P-A-V as in Victor. L-O, not Pablo. That's like the Mexican version of me, which most of the world... Right. Honestly, until, until seven years ago, most of my fans thought I was from Mexico, which is awesome, uh, but I'm not. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Pablo with a V. Yeah, if You'll you just Google it. Pablo... Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's like, if you Google Pavlo, it's like, I'm on top of the Google list along with a Ukrainian wrestler, so you'll be able to figure out, I, I, yeah. I'm the one with the guitar, that's all, I'm the one with right. the guitar. Yeah, he just smashes guitars over people. Yeah, exactly. That could be a fun crossover. <laughs> well, oh, thanks, uh, thanks for yeah, thanks so an much. inspiring story, and thanks for uh, breaking down how you do what you do. It's... it's uh, an intelligent and, and passionate way of doing it. And uh, hopefully we Absolutely. can have you in the studio in person next time for another interview. Next time you're in Toronto. Are you in Toronto? Uh, I'd love it. Uh, I am. I am. I'm actually flying to Toronto in about a week to do the, uh, yeah. the mixing of the uh, stuff. So I'll be there for about oh, a nice. month to see my parents and stuff. But yeah, I'm awesome. back and forth all the time. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll maybe we can get you up. Yeah. Absolutely, well, absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank really, you really and uh, you, let's Pablo. stay in touch. And uh looking forward to speaking to you again. Yes. Opa! Opa! <laughs> <laughs>